Hello, everyone. You're listening to Crunch Squad. It's a podcast within a podcast where we talk about the rules, the mechanics, and the number crunching behind this wonderful game of Dungeons and Dragons. I am Ned, your host for this special bonus episode, and today I'm joined by... Jekko! A.k.a. Lance Thaler. Indeed. So, the reason we got Jacob on tonight is because we're going to talk a bit more about Lance. We've already talked about his class being a rogue, uh, but this time we're going to talk a little bit about his race being a high elf. Yes. And what it is that makes high elves cool. So... I guess before we start digging into like any of the crunchy stuff, what is it, I guess, narratively that appeals to you about the High Elf? Narratively? Uh, well, High Elves, um, and it depends on who plays them, but naturally in a High Elf, and we'll get we'll break down, I guess, this, every specific thing that a High Elf gets in terms of feats and abilities, but a High Elf has more intelligence. It's given a, a bonus in intelligence. And so I always, when I started creating this character and narratively, I wanted this character to be very intellectually smart. Might not be the wisest person in the world, but he definitely thinks about all of the different elements and angles there are in a situation. And so naturally I started looking for, okay, well, what can naturally help me then in my character in that intelligence and the elf specifically high elf was really one that stood out to me as super intriguing and super interesting high elves they're intelligent and they have sometimes i mean in the in the handbook if you go to the handbook itself why not why not? Yeah. It says specifically, as a high elf, you have a keen mind and a mastery, at least the basics of magic. In many worlds of D&D, there are two kinds of high elves, and it g- gets into a little bit more. Some are known as being haughty and reclusive, believing themselves to be superior to non-elves. The other type uh, are more common and more friendly and often encountered among humans and other races. I thought that was really interesting to kind of take a little bit about that haughty persona because if my if if my character is going to be super intelligent he's probably going to think he's you know the brightest crayon in the box he's a little bit smarter than everybody else so i'm going to take that haughtiness and that attitude but at the same time i'm not going to be like others are beneath me to the extreme of what i've seen other campaigns and high elves do where it's very almost condescending and and granted lance can be condescending <laughs> but uh it's it's to the point of he's not thinking he's above anybody he's just thinking i just need to help them get to the right idea which is definitely a prideful haughty thing but i wanted to play around with that attitude and especially the the humbling aspect as we've seen so far that lance has been humbled quite a bit in his haughtiness and in he thinks he's the smartest one, but he's realizing more and more, going back to your narrative kind of focus, that he has some learning to do still. And he has some progress to do from mm-hmm. from his party, from Mal's approach of more honor and morals, and then Fleeple's faith and just naivete, but not like in a bad way, in a like a, oh, like you can actually look simplistically on things and not everything needs a thousand angles to it. Yeah, a thought that I just barely had actually is maybe part of kind of the tension between Lance and Fleeple. Lance's, one of his high scores is intelligence, and one of mm-hmm. Fleeple's high scores is wisdom. Whereas 
intelligence is Fleeple's not his lowest score, but it's his lowest of like the mental scores. Yes. Yeah, and and uh, it's it, uh, yeah on my on on Lance's character sheet, wisdom isn't the lowest. Charisma is actually the lowest. <laughs> He's terrible at charisma, except for when he won. You know, gets a lucky rolls and can have his little cool move proficiencies around thing, but. But yeah, I think that that's really fun to play with, and I think we have already played with it a little bit, and we'll continue to play with it in the campaign of how different these two are. They both have such knowledge, but what they do with that knowledge is so different that they both investigate really, or not not investigate, not the skill investigate, but they both try and look at things differently. I should say, mm-hmm. and but they do it in a drastically different way, and it's really fun to play around with. Yeah, I mean, but like definitely as far as, you know, the skill investigate, that extra bonus to intelligence gives Lance a really good advantage with that. Yes, for sure. I think it's really cool, like the way that I tend to make characters, they're kind of zany, they're kind of off the wall, but it's really cool seeing Lance as a character actually kind of leaning into those like core D&D tropes of what makes a high elf a high elf and how that brings that interesting dynamic to the party. Yeah. For sure, for sure. It's, it's been quite enjoyable. And so I guess now digging into some more of the mechanics, we talked a little bit about ability score increases. Yes. So all elves get a boost to dexterity, which is great for yeah, a rogue. For sure. And intelligence is also great for a rogue. So high elf is like one of the perfect rogue races if you're looking to get a good bang for your buck that way. Yeah, for sure. And I also like, because... There are a couple sub, and we'll probably dive into it a little bit more, but there, or we could dive into it right now. There are a couple of different sub races of elf. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, the high elf, the wood elf, and then if you go past that and all the expansions, there's a sea elf and there's a shadow elf. There's all these different things, and you'd think like rogue, I'd go more shadow, but I wanted, I didn't want, I, I, I wanted there to be a journey with this character and, and all that he goes into, and like wood elves specifically are getting wisdom which which can be helpful in certain like in obviously being able to perceive things in insight being able to tell lies and whatnot but but no i i I definitely was drawn to that intelligence thing just like i want this character to really focus and you get an extra language too as a high elf Mm -hmm. which is a really fun thing because then your character can be privy to a little bit more conversations and make different connections sometimes so that's fun as well yeah, and the idea of sub-races that you bring up, yeah, the elves, I think it's really cool seeing how diverse they can be. Elves, I don't think they're the race that has the most sub-races. That goes to tieflings because they have a sub-race for each of the princes of hell and whatnot. But elves, uh, if you include like stuff that's in playtest, got, they've got, I think, like eight sub-races currently for elves. Yes, eight or nine. Lot, for sure. But yeah, these these classics, these ones in the core rulebook, the wood elf, the high elf, that's like the bread and butter of what makes elves in fantasy. And I always, in, in creating a character, I I always try and look for, not like out of the box, but out of the box in a traditional sense. I know that sounds so strange, like, and, <laughs> and like not making sense. What I mean by that is I try and look for I try and look for angles that haven't been approached. I haven't seen approach a lot. And I know, like, there's plenty of people who play a high elf who's a rogue and everything. But I almost always see if someone jumps into the elf kind of characters, 
half-elf is almost immediately what they go to. Because mm-hmm. half-elf just offers so much. And I didn't want to do that. And I was like, okay, well, I want to go I want to go full elf. We're going full elf here. I wanted to go full elf. But then every time I've seen a f- person be a full elf, if they're a high elf, I've almost always seen them be a wizard because wizards need intelligence. And so I mm-hmm. saw that play out a lot. Or um, I have seen rogue elves, but I've seen a lot of wood elf rogues and I was like I want to I want to change something up I want to do something that I haven't seen before and, and again I know plenty of people out there listening going to be like I've played with so many freaking high elf rogues but I, I haven't in my personal experience so I wanted to I wanted to test the waters I, I'm, I'm the kind of person who will throw like a halfling and at like I'm going to be a halfling barbarian you know the race that <laughs> a lot of people don't expect or I'm going to be like the half orc you know uh and, and I know everyone's played around with it. That's what's so creative about D&D. But it's just fun to find things that you wouldn't normally expect of these characters and these races. That to throw them in a situation where you don't normally see this kind of race connected to this kind of class. Mm-hmm. And you you talked a little bit about as well about you see a lot of people leaning into like playing a half-elf because they've got a lot of versatility to them, which is a great thing. But as kind of vanilla as the elf is as a race for D&D, it has some of the best mechanical bang for your buck of all the races, I think. Like, not even getting into the sub-race stuff as much yet, but like all elves, regardless of what kind of elf you are, if you're a high elf or a wood elf or a sea elf or a feywild elf, there's some really cool things that everybody gets. First up, you got dark vision, which is like so good in D&D one of the best things that you can have. Always need it in a dungeon crawl. It really sucks when you realize your whole party, if, and that's happened to me before, where your whole party is in a dungeon with no light, and then you realize, oh crap, <laughs> nobody has dark vision. Yeah, you definitely want a couple people in your party with that. Mm-hmm. Or that great moment when you get into the dungeon and you realize there's like the one human in your group is the only person who doesn't have dark vision, so you have to light a torch for that one guy and give away your hiding spot. There goes your stealth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, dark vision is great. Being able to see in the dark, uh, keen senses on top of that, proficiency in the perception skill. Yeah, you're already proficient in perception. Just like, oh yeah, you're 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 pretty good at seeing stuff. It's like, oh sweet, thank you. Yeah, and skill proficiencies are, they can be difficult to come by. So having an extra one right off the very beginning is super nice. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's also just, I mean, it's really nice as well. Like, this doesn't get focused on a lot, but it's it's actually a really vital thing, especially if you have a, and I'm not saying Thomas is this way at all as, as a dungeon master, but if you have a dungeon master who loves to throw surprises at you when you least expect them, the trance... Uh, trait is really nice mm-hmm. because you are as an elf you don't need sleep you almost just meditate and it's only for it's only for four hours so you could technically like take like two shifts at night and you're already perceptive mm-hmm. while everyone else is sleeping and that really can help you avoid some maybe some surprises maybe a, a DM might have or at least be a little bit more on the ball with it so I, I, I like that trade. I know it gets passed up a lot because like, oh, yeah, you're an elf. You, you, only, you only rest for four hours. But it's a really cool thing because I even did it with, uh, I think, in one of our earlier episodes, we were at the the castle, the the keep in Greenest, uh, where we start our story. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I think at one point I 
Tom was like, okay, you take a rest. And I was like, Thomas, I actually only need to rest for four hours. So I'm actually going to go do some stuff while everyone else is sleeping. And I got to do a couple extra activities because, and, and Lance being in that moment, very private and didn't want to do a lot of things with the party necessarily. That gave a perfect opportunity for that. Like, oh, I only need to rest for four hours and they have to keep going and I can just start doing stuff. I really like that uh, kind of cool aspect if you want to play with it mm-hmm. in D&D. Yeah, and this is like one of those areas where it's like D&D is about living out your fantasies. If I could get away with sleeping as a human for <laughs> only four hours a night, mm-hmm. I could get so much stuff done. It would be so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it just fits with the character. Again, like uh, if you don't have a player's handbook, you know, or you haven't read it extensively, it talks about that while meditating, instead of resting, you're just meditating as an elf, you are doing mental exercises and that's like so lance to be like i need to think of every situation that's what he's doing when he's resting (laughs) he's just like thinking of all the angles of what to do next and it's it just fits so perfectly with with what i wanted to do with the character yeah uh that is so great now that i have that image in my brain Mm -hmm. every time we take a long rest he's just mind palacing the whole time just (laughs) just going through everything Yeah, and there's one other sleep-related trait that all elves have, which is their fey ancestry, that you have advantage on saving throws against being charmed, and magic cannot put you to sleep. Yes, and that is very convenient to not... Yeah, I mean, that's just, like, so understated. You can't... You have advantage on being charmed, which is a very common thing you'll find throughout D&D is a a really easy way... Not easy, but, like... A dra- I should say drastic. A drastic way to change a battle is to charm an ally mm-hmm. or to have one of your allies, I should say, charmed. Like, we could be in the middle of fighting, and if Malamara gets charmed and all of a sudden turns on us in that charmed way, Fleeful and Lance are going to look at each other and go, oh, crap. Our- <laughs> <laughs> like, the big hitter is now hitting us, and this isn't good. Yeah, as we stand here with our low, low hit points yeah. compared to Mal. <laughs> I wish I, I wish. <laughs> Maybe I wish I could give this straight to Malamara, but it is convenient for, for Lance to have that, To that anytime someone wants to charm me, I automatically have an advantage on the roll. And again, if, if there's ever a sleep spell or something going on, everyone falls and Lance is just like, what? What happened? Huh? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, it's a fun thing. Yeah, and one thing that I've noticed with a lot of monster design in 5e is if they want... Well, they they often use the charmed condition as a way to get to other unique effects. So it'll be like, okay, this monster is going to try and charm you, and while you're charmed, you just stand there and do nothing. Or it might be, while you're charmed, every turn, you have to attack one of your allies. So the designers of the game are throwing in a lot of different crazy stuff that can happen to you if you're charmed, and elves have a pretty easy out of that. Yeah, Yeah, it's really fun. And so that's all of the stuff that elves as a whole have for mechanical traits. And we've talked about a couple of the cool things that high elves can do. There's another thing they have, their elf weapon training, which is automatically proficiency in longsword, shortsword, shortbow, and longbow. Mm -hmm. Those are really fun. Well, yeah, like as a rogue, in the rogue section, you are proficient in simple weapons, hand crossbows, long swords, and rapiers. And I believe, is a longbow or things like that a simple weapon? 
A longbow is, I believe, a martial weapon. Yes, a longbow is a martial weapon. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's some cool things that an elf gets to do that let you add a little bit to it. I think that trips a lot of people up is they don't realize, oh, I want to be this class. And they imagine, you know, a rogue with a longbow or they imagine, you know, a rogue with maybe a heavy crossbow even. And Lance doesn't have any of that. But it's really crucial to to do your research when creating a character because you might have this vision of this cool, awesome-looking fighter or rogue or paladin and then realizing that the race you picked and the class you picked doesn't let you be proficient in any of the weapons you want, possibly. That can really, that can really trip you up and like, oh, okay, I have, I have to do it this way instead. So I, I, I definitely looked at that as well to kind of see and understand what Lance can do in in fighting and, and options that might come up moving forward. Yeah, spellcasters get a little more of an easy out because you don't have to worry about weapon proficiencies. You just know that you can cast spells. But yeah, it requires a bit of extra foresight in that way for martial classes. But just because Lance isn't a spellcaster doesn't mean that he doesn't have magic. That's true. Because the last thing that our high elves get is some built-in cantrips. Yes, they get one wizard cantrip. And you haven't seen Lance's cantrip because <laughs> because I, for some reason I totally spaced it. I totally spaced that <laughs> a high elf gets a freaking wizard cantrip. And I don't know why I blanked on that because that, that could have been so cool. But... It also is like half of me is really disappointed in myself for not implementing that right away. And the other half of me is like, the possibilities. Like, (laughs) I'm so jazzed to dive into the cantrip. It will pop up later in the future of what cantrip Lance actually does have. And I've been thinking about it and it's going to fit a little bit narratively into what we're doing in the campaign. It's going to be fun to introduce that. Very nice. So that is the basics of elves and high elves more specifically. There's a lot. We could get really deep into the weeds with other abilities that elves have, like the Eladrin from the Feywild being able to do their teleportation stuff, or the sea elves being able to do all their underwater stuff. But this is about Lance. And so I think we, I think that pretty much covers it as far as mechanics. Is there any other stuff that you just want to say about elves or might say to encourage people to consider playing an elf? I would just say for elves, elves are just so interesting. <laughs> they're just so interesting. They're they're fun to play around because they come from, if you look into the lore of elves, and you don't even have to do that, but elves are, I mean, every race does, but elf has just such an interesting, rich history to it. Like, you can create so much with an elf because an elf in in Dungeons and Dragons lore, there's just so much um, that you can kind of draw from as inspiration. You could draw from, again, the high elves and some of the elf cities that are out there. You can draw from the woodlands and going into a druid class. And we didn't even talk about, we talked about the shadow elf. We didn't even talk about one of the most famous elf classes, the drow, the dark elf. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other fun thing to play with as well. So I would just, if you really want a character with a rich, rich story, and especially a lot of source material you could possibly dive into and draw from, I would highly recommend the elf because there's just so much lore and backstory that could be played with where your elf is from, what they're doing, what they're looking for or fighting for. And yeah, 
it's just really fun. And I would just say in this whole conversation, and there will obviously be um, each of us are doing a crunch squad on the different race of our character. But I would say when you want to create a character, do your research. Don't just settle on, yep, I'm going to be this and this. Like play around with it in your mind. I guess do do a Lance thing. <laughs> Approach it from all angles. Because when I first started creating a character for our campaign, Lance Thalen, this this you know high elf rogue, was not at all on the radar. I was thinking of totally different races, totally different classes, and then I started to play around with it. And I thought, no, I, I've never played a rogue really, and I really want to play with that. And so I was thinking a couple different races and it wasn't until like near the start of our campaign that I actually looked into the elf and started to be like oh wait a minute there's some really cool crap here there's some really cool things and I would just yeah I would just encourage all listeners in their creation of their characters and I, I imagine a lot of them already do this but I would just say you want to explore any and all options before you really settle on a character because if you just go immediately oh I'm gonna be a rogue halfling which rogue halflings are fun. Don't get me wrong. They're awesome. There's so many cool things that a halfling can do as a rogue that just naturally lend itself to it. But explore it out because I will say the first rogue idea I had, I would probably not be as satisfied with how much I can play with it as much as I can play with the complexities and characteristics and traits of, of Lance, the high elf rogue. Mm-hmm. I guess that's my final little bit of advice and, and my shout out to, to elves is you get, a, you get a lot with them. And that's what I love about D&D is finding how much you can get out of a character. Yeah. And I guess for my last comment on elves, you talked about how you get really cool stories with races like the drow. All elves, there's a lot of society and culture behind them and a lot of cultural expectations. And that's something that you can play with in a lot of ways. Like, perhaps the most famous D&D-inspired character, Dritz Doerden, the drow who decided that he didn't want to serve evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of an inspiration for me with Fleeple. But then you've also got other ways to kind of maybe play with those expectations. Like, what if my high elf isn't tall and debonair, but is kind of short and kind of clammy, you know? <laughs> That's not canon. That's not canon. Lance is a cl- <laughs> There's actually, I will say, when I started looking up, cantrips that a high elf could do i thought oh i could do what is it uh uh chill touch (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i could just play into the clamminess more. oh yeah (laughs) but no yeah it that's that's fun as well and that's where i i said it's fun to play around with the unexpected you think of an elf you think of a pretty tall most elves are pretty tall and they're super old and i haven't revealed lance's age yet but but he looks younger at least, and he is super short. Like, he is, he's not like, you know, halfling height at all uh, in terms of like three foot, but he's, you know, he's on the shorter end of the five foot scale. So that's a really cool unexpected thing to throw into it is just unexpected situations bring more fun into it. Just being able to play around with that and, and and it helps. It helps in making the adventure more fun. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of lore out there. It can take a while to dig through it, but when you learn the rules, you know how to break them, which is really fun. Yes, very true, very true. And there's nothing more fun as a player than breaking your DM <laughs> and their plan. <laughs> uh, it's a good time. Thomas, we love you. We love you, Thomas. Right on. Well, 
I think that's probably going to do it here for us in this Crunch Squad. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us in this week's special bonus episode for iCast Fireball. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed talking about high elves and just elves in general. So from wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps boost our ratings throughout each podcast service. It puts our show in people's recommended feeds and it lets us know that you like what we're doing. And if you want to write something a little longer than a review, you could also email us at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and we're hoping to get the word out there and set this podcast on fire. Fire! Maybe he'll choose Burning Hands or something. <laughs> yeah, I Is can that do that too. Or, or, or Scorching Ray. That's the cantrip. That's the one that I'm thinking about. <laughs> Burning Hands. Just... <laughs> Now, to get the most recent and up-to-date content from all of us here, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter with the handle iCastFireball20. There, you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, interesting insights from the players and DM, and some behind-the-scenes shots of us making this incredibly fun world. And we just want to give a quick shout-out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop. Uh, that's the one where I am the GM. I run through some mini-adventures using the Fate Accelerated Tabletop system. And whether you like tabletop games, improv, or hearing more from me, then we recommend going and giving that a listen. And lastly, please like, subscribe, share with your friends and fellow Wacky Adventurers. And until next time, I am Ned, the host of Crunch Squad, and I've been joined today by Jacob, who plays the High Elf Rogue Lance Thalen. Keep the fire going, and we'll see you next time.